0: (laughs) You need to sync between this and that. There you go. Gotcha.
1: (laughs) I was just explaining on Facebook to somebody about how to do that earlier today. Gotcha. But I credited your podcast uh, with (laughs) learning that. So, uh, welcome to the Vacation Impossible podcast for Saturday, January 14th, 2017. We're here in Vancouver, and we're visited uh, by John, our co-founder and uh, one of the primary people from the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. Hey, how's it going? We just got back from doing an escape room called, was it Time Escape? Time Escape. In in Richmond. What did you guys think of that? Uh, I loved it. It was the first one I'd done. I've done a number of these now. I've done like five of them.
0: Uh, this being my fifth one. But this is the first one I did with a sci-fi theme, which was kind of really different. I, and it, usually you have these things where you're escaping a new york uh, apartment or that's some kind of horror theme but it's all kind of grounded in in our world and our reality but this was something different it was sci-fi completely alien It was alien stuff to have to deal with different languages and different symbols uh so i found it really cool mm-hmm. and the fact that we
1: eventually made it out was fantastic yeah we did, we did need a little bit of extra time, and they were very nice. They gave us what was it, five like extra five minutes? minutes. Yeah. That's all it took for us to get the job done. So no, it was great. And there were and there were certain sci fi elements of it that were somewhat familiar. Like there was a screen that looked a little bit like the Matrix, yeah. and so there was a couple slightly familiar things. But those familiar things were just in style. They didn't help us solve the puzzle at all. Yeah, it was and they just... had some.
2: They had some like NASA jumpsuits. One was from the Columbia, the other one was from yeah the Challenger. The Challenger, yeah.
1: That so. was that was kind of creepy for me. Just noticing that they had, yeah, the the the, the spacesuits, um, the jumpers that had the mission patches from the two shuttles that it, that it exploded. Yeah. Uh, and so that was that was interesting. I don't know if if I was making it, if I would make the same choice because the mission patches weren't relevant, and it's like I don't know, a bunch of people died is that in poor taste i don't yeah, know but at the what same think? time
2: well the thing is though because i mean they're talking about how it's like you know something crashed on the moon or whatnot and they're trying to and 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 i think and it's important for these ga- these um time escape rooms or uh, escape rooms to have um red herrings in there so i think it was a really good red herring honestly um because it kind of distracted our focus for a little bit um and just kind of yeah kind of provided Actually, like,
0: well, that, was like the, that was like the only red herring. Yeah. Like there was not every, everything else was in theme
1: like needed to be used. Yeah, yeah. There was
0: nothing else distracting you away from it. Yeah. There
1: were there were there were cosmetic things. There was like the um, the keyboard that was on the sphere that was not relevant. Yeah. No uh, sure. And but so then again, the, that, those were just keys stopped. though. Yeah, and, then, right. and so they obviously didn't work. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. There was not even buttons. They were just a printout that was on a like a sticker, on mm-hmm. like a sticker, and
1: you could as soon as you touch it, you know, okay, that's yeah, clearly yeah. not something. Well, and uh, I was admittedly kind of hoping that there would be a bit of a story behind it, though. Like, I was thinking, like, oh, what if, like, these aliens... Because there was alien text and there was English. And there was, like, numbers as you were used to seeing them, Sanskrit numbers. So I thought it'd be interesting if the story was they had, like, beamed out the people from the shuttles before they exploded because I don't know if any useful remains were found or anything. And so, like, uh, there was a movie, uh, I think it was in the early 90s, maybe late 80s, called Millennium, I think, where aliens or time travelers, I believe, for stealing people from... Time travelers. Yeah, from uh, plane crashes instantly before impact and putting in uh, uh, dummy, dummy bodies. Yeah. yeah, and so I thought if they were going to go down that road, I thought that would have been a really intriguing thing given that it was those two those two shuttles. So if they were going to use it, I would like to see them use it in a plot. It would have been fantastic. But it not being used in a plot, I found they could have just used any mission patches. It wouldn't have mattered. Why did they have to pick the two disasters?
2: Yeah, well, because I Because
1: that, that gave plausibility for them being yeah. there. Okay.
0: Like if we yeah. had the ones for say uh, I don't know the Ares and Apollo. Ares and Apollo, yeah. right? You'd be like, "Well, like those are accounted for." Yeah. Right? The only ones that
1: are not accounted for Challenger and right. uh, and Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Or it could have, or it could have been from yeah, Space Shuttle missions that were completed like the Endeavor and Enterprise mm-hmm. or something.
2: Yeah. But I don't know, I think I mean I mean yeah, I mean I think because we're all kind of writers, and we're all very creative people. Uh, to us, like of more of a plot and kind of being able to kind of flesh out the storyline a little bit more is kind of the automatic thing that we want, but not everyone really wants that. And they need something that's going to appeal to all audiences, right? So I mean, we're going to want something that's maybe a little bit more cerebral. Other people just want to be able to get through. So, so it's I mean, there are some escape rooms where they have varying levels of intensity and varying levels of of difficulty. Um, and so you probably get more of that in that one. Um, I'm, I'm not really sure, right? Because I was just, this is only my second escape room. The first one we did was like one of the easiest ones which we failed um <laughs> <laughs> and then we did because we got caught up in a red herring basically right um and then we had and then we did this one um so
0: well, i did one uh about a month ago hmm. where it was the second part of like an escape room sequence oh so you did like the first escape room and then there was more story uh, afterwards that became part of the second escape room To do that one and then there's you know, that that kinda completed the story. So kind of episodic. Exactly, exactly. We did the second episode without doing the first because uh, the guy who was booking it didn't book it until the day of and all was left was the part two. Okay.
1: And it was super hard. Wow. Yeah. No. This was only my second escape room, but uh, no, it was it was really fun. And I guess yeah, one way of looking at the mission patches is maybe they're just Easter eggs. Yeah. Uh, and and so uh, you know that that uh, yeah, takes the importance flavor. and weight. Yeah. yeah well, flavor. I
2: don't I don't think too many people are also going to understand the significance necessarily. There's going to be those of us who are older. Well, I mean, the things. I mean, come on. It's disappointing. you're probably right though. But that's the group that was before us, I mean, they were, I mean, they were a bunch of you know kids who are girls who were in their age, whether what thirteen to sixteen years old, maybe they're not going to know. Right. And so it's so for the probably I mean, true, we're different than that. And, and, and these things happen in our lifetime. And so, you know, obviously, we're going to be more cognizant of it. We're going to see that. When we're going to be like, oh, my God.
1: So, John, um, you recently went on an epic road trip, you I know, with, with, without me. What the hell? <laughs> I recently
0: got married and I thought it'd be more appropriate to take my wife on a honeymoon road trip versus no, versus you. Excuses, um, excuses. Our cameras weren't
1: rolling. Yo, I was you? I, going wrong.
0: It did create some arguments when I brought that up initially with her. Oh, wait, uh, what? She, she 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 won in the end, though she won in the end. Oh, you were arguing to bring me on your honeymoon? Well, <laughs> of course, I, oh, of course, wow. yeah. Well, in that case, I rescind my earlier okay. Can, can I not?
1: Well, I appreciate even being considered. Like you know, we could have, we could have been a follow car, the support vehicle. You know, yeah. convoy. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, she agreed, but only if you would strap onto the, the top of the
1: or on the roof of the car. So. That'd be fun um, for about an hour, hour, right? (laughs) Yeah. After that, it would become cruel and unusual, I think, is the phrase from the genie of the convention.
0: (laughs) So let me tell you about the trip, uh, because it was a fun one. We started in um, Victoria. Uh, We took a ferry across to Port Angeles uh, right away. That was a mistake. (laughs) You started off on the right foot, eh? Instantly. That ferry is
2: awful was that your uh, first time taking that ferry that
0: was my first time taking that ferry ah. yeah and it was brutal and then there was the drive down because that puts you on the on the washington peninsula mm-hmm. so you drive across and then and then down and you meet up with the five in uh what are that cities down i think it's um tacoma maybe okay Whatever, whatever's at the bottom of it, where the peninsula meets up with the rest of washington uh yeah that whole drive sucked
1: What's well, talked about it.
0: Uh slower speeds than mm. than the i5.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, really windy roads almost the entire way. Sounds a um, lot like the 101 going down the California Oregon yeah. coast where you get behind an RV in a single lane and you're just screwed. Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, it's, it's it's another thing it's single lane, so whatever speed the guys in front of you doing, that's what you're doing at best. Yeah. Uh, and the scenery was was garbage. Um,
1: really? Yeah,
0: and it was it wasn't even it was not that great. Like not waterfront like you didn't get at least a pretty ocean or something? Mm, no. That sucks. No, no. Was it like largely It was or? basically a tour of poor people's backyards. That's pretty much what it was. So then we got on the I-5 and things started to pick up. And our goal was to uh, uh, get to uh, a small town in Northern California, uh, just across the uh, Oregon border. Uh, so we got there at about 8 or 7, 7.30 to 8.00. We were way ahead of time, so we decided we're just going to keep on driving. We'll go to the next town. So you didn't have a hotel res- reservation? No, we didn't reserve the, the first Classic hotel. Classic you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Can't so believe we, you're still pulling that. <laughs> so we went to the next town and just pulled off and you're like, hey, this, we were just going to be there for the night. That's all it was, just a bed for the night, right? Um, and, then, and then gone. Um, so we pulled in, found a cheap hotel, slept for the night, packed our stuff the next day, off to San Francisco. Where we did have a hotel reservation. <laughs> ah, hey, you learned from last time. I did, I did, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we made it all the way to San Francisco um, without having to strive for gas. Uh, and <laughs> well, the, thank God, fuel economy is probably the, better light, than when yeah. we did it,
1: and we were on fumes headed into <laughs> San Francisco, <laughs> praying to whatever Lord would listen to us <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that the gas would last. We were coasting into that last uh, gas station, as there. I recall.
0: So we we were. That was it was tight. I was I was getting worried, and I don't really yeah. worry about the gas so much. The it light, takes a lot the, to worry. The light had been on for a while. Yeah, uh, but this time, no. We made it in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, We got to our hotel um, early enough that it wasn't the room wasn't ready yet. Um, Mm -hmm. the The hotel I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of a dive uh, and relatively expensive. San Francisco is an expensive city. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that saved the the cost is Carly went online and got a city pass, uh, which has like a coupon of like ten things you get to do for free for like forty bucks each. A lot of cities have a version of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was brilliant because like five of the six things I wanted to do were in the city pass.
2: Oh, nice. What did you do?
0: Well, we went to um, the the Fisherman's Wharf, uh, and they have the aquarium there. Uh, That was Mm -hmm. one of the things we did. Uh, Ride the uh, cable car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carly had never ridden the cable car. I've ridden them like a dozen times. I finally did Um, it once. Right? Did you (laughs) hang on the outside? Yes. Yes. It it was awesome. Right? (laughs) Highly recommended. (laughs) So I made Carly hang around, uh, hang on the outside. Was she reluctant? Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, she was scared to death. Uh, And then we we did the first first trip to uh, the Market Street stop. Um, and then she was like, wow, that was fun. And then we instantly got back in line because we only parked for so long on the other side <laughs> of the city. Uh, and the lineup and the ride back pretty much took up the rest of the time. But on the way there, to my right, there was a whole bunch of um, Slavic tourists, mm-hmm. right? Okay. <laughs> and they kept saying, uh, if you're going to San Francisco, <laughs> but just that part. Over and over again, oh, no. right? <laughs> While they took selfies with their selfie stick.
1: <laughs> was so, it selfie
0: video at least of them singing, maybe? There, there was some selfie video of them oh, singing, okay. but there's one where the guy lines up his uh, selfie stick video for a shot and he's right beside me. He's got himself and his friends in, and I just go. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And that's when he takes the shot. Right? Oh, of course. Classic you. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, then he's like, no, no, come in, this show. come in, come in, right? So nice. then I started singing with them. <laughs> <laughs> Did you teach them any more of the song? Nope. Nope. <laughs> because why because why, Cause why? <laughs> because reasons um, we, we drove around a whole lot we did Lombard Street the, the most crooked street in the world uh, four or five times because uh, Carla got to make it through a lot of it. Take pictures up and down it
1: uh, we did a lot of driving around the city because it's just a cool city to, mm-hmm. just to hang around in so yeah, did you, you keep
2: Lombard Street we never done
1: that did you keep the engine on this time going down Lumber. Uh, yes. <laughs> the, yes, the first, I did, yeah. the first time we did that in your old, was it 2001 <laughs> yeah. accent? Yeah. Uh, you turned the engine off uh, because you're like, oh, let's just coast down. But that was the moment that John realized he had power steering. <laughs> and power brakes. <laughs> and we were, we were going so slow because it goes back and forth that the braking wasn't a huge issue. But I just remember you cranking that wheel. Like, I don't, I yeah. never actually see sweat appear on a man's arm before. <laughs> I just remember looking over and see it like seep out i'm like well that's new <laughs> <laughs> uh we did the golden gate bridge a couple times um and
0: that spot where uh you and i went to back in 2003 mm-hmm. um which 2000, had, this, had this 2002 break. i think the, the, yeah. the lookout the right? lookout completely packed parked with parking couldn't <laughs> do it so we went a bit further in and uh um and carly bought some uh, fresh peaches so we sat down on a bench and ate peaches with this great view of the city, and we took a picture of it. Oh,
2: that's yeah. nice.
0: Yeah. I, but it was like outside the the harbor uh, area. Quite, it looks a lot actually a lot further than it was. Everything in San
1: Francisco looks further than it is. Yeah. Mm. it's it's really weird. We tried we tried going to that lookout in two thousand and nine, and I couldn't find the right exit. So we just said screw it. We went to something that was lower. Mm. <laughs> we just bailed on it. There was yeah. too much fog. You. Uh, you have
0: you have to take the, there's the first exit which goes to this lookout like immediately after the bridge mm-hmm. you have to go to the second exit then go left like you want to go back into San Francisco and then there'll be a sign that says uh, the Marin Highlands and you've got to take that road okay so to get it at that, the first left. yeah
1: so, so to get at that that good overlook that we've seen in our pictures and videos before second exit headed well you have to basically be headed into San Francisco but on the far Pretty side much. of the bridge and then look for that exit on the right and that's how you get up there Kind of.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> if you're just if you're coming into
0: San Francisco, look for the Marin Highlands exit. Going away from San Francisco, like you've just crossed the Golden Gate Bridge, and you want to get up to the mountains on your on your left, you have to take the second exit on your right. There'll be a left turn that says to go back to San Francisco, and then you'll go underneath the highway you you were just on, and then there'll be a left and a right turn, and the left turn will take you to the Marin Highlands if you if you stick to the right. It kind of does a left turn and then forks out into two and the left road will take you back onto the bridge right road will take you uh, to the Merritt Highlands um, new thing though that bridge is no longer a toll bridge huh yeah it says you know the Golden Gate?
1: yeah mm-hmm. I don't I don't recall the Golden Gate being toll like every bridge in San Francisco was a toll bridge I know that like super five lane on each direction one and the, and the two level one those were toll
0: yeah but I don't recall it being I don't one the toll I, don't, I don't think there, there was they even have, a toll, they have toll booths there that are just At the not, not in use Interesting. Oh. Yeah, you still got to drive through them because they're part of the highway. No, I remember driving through the booths, mm-hmm. but I don't
2: think we actually paid.
0: Yeah, we, we didn't pay. Mm-hmm. We didn't pay either. And so, um, so we left San Francisco, and I had a full tank of gas leaving San Francisco. Nice. Okay. This is a gas story. I was gonna say okay. that sounds
1: relevant to your story. It is.
0: <laughs> and We uh, were heading down to Los Angeles, where we also had a hotel reserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <The> better, better. <laughs> So, I like to drive until it hits about a quarter tank and then find some gas from there. Yeah, that's right? good strategy, generally. Seems reasonable. So, I mm-hmm. waited till a quarter tank, and then I'm like, okay, so we got to find some gas. Uh, and we're driving on the I-5, and no gas is to be seen. And the <laughs> fuel's <laughs> getting lower and lower and lower. Now the, f- now the lights come on. The gas lights come on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I still haven't seen any gas. And I can see for a ways, too, because it's the I-5 and it's pretty straight. Mm-hmm. And in Southern California, or north of Southern California, it's pretty pretty straight. Yeah. Uh, and the gaslight goes down, and we drove for probably 45 minutes with the gaslight on before we got to a gas station. Oh, wow. That was not too bad. Mm. But remember that story, because it'll be more later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we finally arrived in Los Angeles. Uh, we checked into our hotel. Uh, the hotel was the, uh, the Holiday Inn and Suites studio in
1: um it's like north north hollywood mm.
0: north uh, hollywood
1: yeah oh. okay well hopefully you had a better luck in north hollywood than we did because that's where the guy pulled the clock on us as i recall
0: yeah we didn't have that yeah. that's good <laughs> not that's so good. much um but the most comfortable bed in any hotel we'd stayed in the entire trip nice oh, good. yeah so much so that we wanted to uh rip up the sheets so we could see what brand it was since we were in
1: the market for a new bed <laughs> <laughs> i did something like that at the mgm <laughs> uh trying to figure out uh i uh, uh, i wanted new pillows and i really loved the mgm ones and yeah. Uh, so we stayed there. Uh,
0: the next day we did the Universal Studios thing. Nice. Uh, and Carly and I decided to get the VIP tour. And it was uh, quite a bit more money extra, but really worth it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Never it's done it. it's a few hundred dollars American more. I believe it, but you uh, you have a specific, you know, check-in time uh, where you go there they have a special entrance for you and it's like it's you have like the plebs entrance and you have like the VIP entrance. Uh, or so you have the the the, the, the star member entrance, mm-hmm. then you have the VIP entrance. Uh, so you go over there, you get your lanyards mm-hmm. with your VIP thing on it, and then you take the elevator uh, to the VIP lounge, uh, where they have like this full breakfast laid out for you. Oh wow! Yeah. Nice. And we're now talking like you know buffet style. Uh, not and, continental, and, and, no, none of yeah. this continental crap. We're talking like fresh made miniature sandwiches, yeah. you know, fresh yogurt, fresh fruit, and all, everything like that is fantastic. Uh, and then your tour guide meets you and he gathers up your tour group. And our group had two people Carly and I, as <laughs> standard, or you just no, no, just most of the people didn't show up. Oh, uh, huh. two more people did show up, and we, we kept grabbing, getting more and more people added on as they showed up. Oh, they were late, they were late, oh. they were late. Uh, and we left, and uh, our tour guide, you know, takes us around. He says, let's go on a ride first. So we went on a ride first. He says, nice. let's go on another ride first. And, I when like he, this guy. <laughs> and when he takes you on a ride, like, you, there's there's the, there's the people, the, the plebs who buy their tickets who, who go on the line. Mm-hmm. Then there's the people who get the front of the line passes. They go on a separate line. Yeah, fast pass. We go to the front of those people, <laughs> oh and we're just instantly on wow. every ride. And, you know, you do the ride, then you leave, and then he took us on the studio tour. Nice. And the studio tour isn't like the usual studio tour. Oh, you know they have that tram thing that takes you around on the. Oh, I've done tour. it three times. Once right? with you. So, this is a trolley, uh, and they have some free drinks on the trolley on, on ice because so it's hot, right? It's mm. so hot. Yeah. So they got water and drinks on ice uh, uh, in, a, is? in a cooler. Uh, this was. Not early September. J- July. June, July? Okay. So oh, no, it right was September. Sorry, yeah. it was September, yeah. Still, still hot as stink. <laughs> so you do all the stuff that the tram does, uh, but ours stops so you can get out. So like they take you down uh, the street that was by Stereo Lane from um, uh, anybody who's... Uh, Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives. I only know that because I've taken the two or three times. I'm not a fan. So they just pull over, and then you stop, and you can get out and wander around. Wow. Um, you can go in the houses if you want. Uh, only one of them actually has uh, anything inside of it, and it's a functional bathroom. Uh, so that's, wow. that was one of our bathroom stops. Um, <laughs>
1: did Did you get to poop in the home of a desperate housewife? I, no,
0: I did not. Carly did though. Carly's <laughs> awesome. Uh, so we also saw the the prop um, manufacturing oh, place oh, wow. where they make uh, all the props and like all the funny props that are you know um, like a. Uh, a fire hydrant that weighs about half a pound oh, okay. it's all made out of fiberglass you know yeah, yeah. Um, and then we went to the prop warehouse uh, which houses all the props ever and it was really interesting to see they had boxes of props from uh, the latest um, abomination for Snow White and the Huntsman what's it called um, I don't know whatever the sequel know. prequel is for that movie mm-hmm. they had they finished filming so they had all the boxes with all the oh, armor wow. and arms and everything like yeah. that and we're like hmm yeah. <laughs> neat uh, and you go into the prop warehouse and they have all, they just tons of stuff in there and you see tags on them that uh, show people will come by and they'll tag items for them to take and rent and use in their productions oh, well. and like once something's tagged you know you that's it if anybody's seen taking a tag
1: off they're banned for life well because it's sort of a, the lending library of props I guess then. exactly Yeah. so that exactly. Would, the whole system would break down if you didn't respect the tag yeah. exactly <laughs>
0: um, and so that was, that was fairly cool to see too um, and they did all the studio stuff and the, all, the, all the images and stuff you see in the regular gym. Um After that, uh, we did a couple more rides, and then our tour guide took us for lunch. And you go to the VIP lunch. And the Sounds v- fancy. And the VIP lunch, it's like a combination buffet slash five-star chef making what you want. Oh, wow. So I think uh, Carly had the shrimp scampi. Nice. Carly's really good people. She really is. They uh they, they made right you know right in front of it right there like take nice. apart the shrimp and like the whole works. Um, there was some buffet sales. I had some fresh pasta. Did, like a, the plate was huge. that You could put all your stuff on. You dessert dessert rack was amazing. Uh, and then yeah, you sit around there for an hour. And then we went to the the Harry Potter experience. Um, did all the the ride stuff there. I didn't do any of the ride stuff there. Um, because oh, a lot of it uh it's, it's all a lot of it's built for really little kids um, oh, yeah, yeah, so they true. even have a thing out in the front that like that um uh, that, you, that you can sit in to mm-hmm. see you know if you're going to fit on the ride right yeah. and like i'm a big guy but i don't think ray's going to fit on that ride <laughs> like it is meant for for littler littler kids okay. like kids like um like, you know, our kid. like yeah exactly nine nine to thirteen kind of kind uh, but the whole, like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, that place is done up amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and Well, if it's bought, anything like
2: Orlando, Orlando was outstanding. We yeah.
0: went, We went and bought wands, yeah. uh, because the wands have an IR light on them. And there's places where you can stand there, do a certain pattern with it, and then things happen yeah. inside the buildings. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing! Yeah, yeah uh, uh, Julian did that in uh, Orlando when we were there as well. Yeah, it's jazzy. Uh, after that, yeah. we did the, the Waterworld show. Uh, and they bring you to there's a VIP section for the World Road Show which is like at the top in the middle oh so you're not in the splash zone you're not in the splash zone you can go down the splash zone if you want I would pay extra but the view from the top in the middle of the whole show amazing Hmm. you see everything like nothing is outside of your your uh, line of sight
1: were you you able to hear everything like because I found that when I very easily when I was at Waterworld sitting at the front there was some banter between the actors in the pre-show that I found funnier than the primary show, but I don't know that I would have heard it very far back. Yeah. we, we oh, you you, you hear you hear everything. That's uh, maybe it
0: bounces off the ceiling. Yeah, maybe who sticks? I don't know. But yeah, we heard everything, saw everything. Uh, it was amazing. After that, we could have done the animal show, but we're like we're knackered. No we walked around that place all day long, uh, and we just we just end up. Uh, that was it. I think the animal show was the only thing we didn't do. Wow. But that was it. Um, after that, we. Um, you know, kind of made by the hotel. That was kind of our day. That was like the whole day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day, we just drove around LA, uh, went down to Santa Monica Pier, uh, mm, around nice. there. Uh, that took forever to get to. Um, so if you're ever going, go take, take highways only. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> highways only. Um, and then that night, we went and um, I think that was it. I think that's all we did. And then we headed out for San Diego the next day. Nice. And we're just in San Diego to uh, pretty much go to the zoo. Mm hmm. I like zoo the people. zoo. Yeah,
1: yeah, we're we're zoo people. I'd want to go to the swap meet. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, teach their own. It's it, it's uh, on YouTube. Pat country's show, uh, Flea Market Madness, takes place at the San Diego Swap Meet. So I would I would like to go see that myself one day. And I'm just not a zoo guy. So drop me off at the swap meet. Go to the zoo. Pick me up when you're done. I might have a lot of things.
0: Uh, the hotel we got <laughs> in there, and I can't remember what it was called. Uh, but I wish I could because I highly recommend it. Uh, it's this, it's this place that has a completely '70s exterior. Mm. and every room is a modern interior okay. okay so all Wi-fi all new you know all new beds bedding everything but it has a very 70s retro look and man they were super nice mm. uh, they were the only every reservation we made we put down um you know hey it's our honeymoon um you know if you want to do anything that we would love it and that'd be great
1: That's uh, nice.
0: they're the only people who actually did something oh yeah they gave us like a couple um, a bottle of champagne and some strawberries wow, wow. That's yeah, nice. the classic.
1: Room. Right? yeah classic right classic and classy yeah um, and not entirely cheap either the champagne so i mean that, right? that takes some cost and effort that, that's really okay. going the extra mile and carly doesn't like champagne so i was very happy
0: uh, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the night um so after the zoo yeah we went and uh had dinner in downtown um san diego i uh, went to the hard rock ah nice yeah and get yourself a hurricane glass or t-shirt or something No, I already have a hurricane glass from San Diego. You would, yeah. I have been there. I've been there many times. Yes. That's why we only spent the day there because there's not really much else. I've done it all, and there's Mm -hmm. not really much else to do. Um, I'd go to Luna Video Games. Yeah, and then we saw. (laughs) I went to the theater and saw Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, how was that? That night, amazing.
2: Yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah,
0: I don't care what you what they say about Zootopia. Man, Kubo and the Two Strings movie of the year. For animation.
2: Zootobi did nothing for me. Zootobi
0: didn't do anything for me either. But it won the Golden Globe. whatever. Big surprise. Bond paid for. Bond paid for. Yeah, I really really was. Right? But Koopin the Zoothing's amazing. It's just an amazing uh, hero's Quest story. Well, and just I mean, just the
2: the the, the technology involved in actually making the movie—it's just uh, it's, I mean, it just sounds fantastic. And I'm stop really well motion with... animation. Yeah, but it's been around for a while, though. Well, no, I've seen that I... before. Christmas? But <laughs>
1: it's 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 not mainstream anymore. They don't do no, no, it no, no. frequently, That's true. so there's do fewer it. people that have the I mean, skill they, set. And again.
2: they they approach stop motion a lot differently than it's done, been done before. It's a completely different way. How'd they do um, it? I don't know. Like, there a trailer where they were explaining it. And I want to actually get the DVD just so I can, or the Blu-ray, just so I can get the behind the scenes and extras. I never like watching the extras, but for this, I totally want to watch it.
0: You know, they were, we were talking about the, the movie in, uh, at work, and we were thinking, what would be more uh, time actually
1: creating all the computer stuff and, and rendering it out, or just doing stop motion animation? The thing is, you probably don't have to pay the computer for the rendering time, where you'd have to pay the, the people who are doing the stop motion. So, if you're looking at a cost-benefit analysis, I'm not sure whether, you know, the Cray supercomputer time you need for the rendering offsets all those staff costs. I think it's probably more expensive to do stop motion now. Probably, but which one would take longer?
2: I would assume that's motion.
1: Yeah, I would think so as well. Think so? No,
2: cool, because you have to do a different thing for every single frame. Like,
1: you, yeah, you, you nearly get frame you get get frame. Six, they say you get about six seconds in an hour. And an hour's worth of work.
0: Mm.
1: Well, and the problem is, is making a comparison like that with Moore's law, like it would change every every true. every that's few true. months true. in terms of what the processing time is. So.
0: Uh, and on from there, um, we went from San Diego uh, to Las Vegas. Uh, which was kind of a, an all right drive. Uh, it got really boring in Southern Nevada, um, but then we went to Vegas and we were, went to Excalibur, and of course we did the Tournament of Kings. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so you uh, stayed at Excalibur. We stayed at Excalibur. Uh, Excalibur, the, the extremely mediocre hotel.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, super so mediocre is kind of what I um, exactly what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Um, but air quality not not so great. That's a big problem for me. Yeah. Um, so definitely definitely not a hotel if you can't handle a lot of smoke and after coming from LA which has a crazy amount of air pollution yeah smog is really um, bad there and then the, coming into a hotel that was uh really smoky uh, like Carly got sick and I was starting to get sick um so we stayed there for a couple of days uh we did a bunch of stuff in Las Vegas that was super fun uh but by the end of it the the goal was actually to go to Death Valley and stay there for a night before going up to Carson City and then that uh and Carly said let's just you know and we used to go home, and I'm like, "Yep, mm-hmm. sure can." Uh, and I'm like, "I'm going to see how far I can drive uh, in one night." So I actually had a job interview um, that that, which is the reason we left so late, so I had a job interview at one uh, thirty uh, over the phone. Oh, okay, okay. A phone interview. Yeah, yeah, a phone interview. So I did the phone interview, uh, and then we packed up and left. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So we took off from Vegas, um, where I've lost. I left about a hundred bucks
1: at the, a, at the table at the
0: casino <laughs> <laughs> tables and slots and stuff you made some donations i made a few donations <laughs> uh we also had a gordon Ramsay burger i've eaten there and i we ordered the hummus to start mm-hmm. and i had never had green onions dipped in hummus before Ooh. uh
1: changed my life <laughs> so i've guess... i've eaten there with uh mike and so i have to ask it, and i found the food to be very good uh, and the, the atmosphere, sort of like that fire thing that they've got going on at the front. That's all wonderful. What did you think of the staff and their uniforms, I have to ask?
0: Uh, I thought they were somewhat inappropriate
1: for a higher-end restaurant. I felt the same way. Uh, basically, the male server uh, that, was, that came to our table had uh, hot pants on. They were like super tight, like yep. lycra something. and The woman had miniskirts, very miniskirts. Yeah. Like micro skirts. And it was funny because the height of the table that we were sitting at, the guy would come up and his balls would be basically a table height. Perfect. Perfect. uh, In in contoured relief. Uh, And (laughs) so... You know, I mean, one of the things Burger has is they have, like, the iPads that you have for the menu, right? And yeah. so that was kind of fancy, and so I was just kind of putting the iPad up here, and the balls were on the other side. I and... find that's kind of a staple of Gordon Ramsay restaurants, too, because Gordon Ramsay Steak has the iPads as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burger's it, the only one I've done of his, so yeah, okay. They didn't have it at the Pub and Grill in Caesar's Palace, which is also really good. Yeah, the although a one. Pub and Grill and iPad would be a little out of place, I think, for, a little the, for that kind of environment. So that makes sense to me. Probably goes for a more old-timey feel. Uh, but I had the cheeseburger... As did I, and it was
0: very cheesy. <laughs> oh my God, cheesy! <laughs> um, yeah, yeah that was, was delicious. Uh, so we left. Uh, we left Las Vegas uh, at. We we got on the road at two thirty, mm-hmm. in the afternoon, and I let Carly navigate. She had her phone to find the quickest route, uh, and I drove as long as I could overnight. I drove seventeen hours and ended up, ended up making it into Washington uh, before I had to pull over. Because uh, I was starting to hallucinate. Oh, <laughs> driving, and I'm like, that. all the backs of these cars have mustaches. I don't understand. <laughs> I'm, I'm really tired. <laughs> so we, we pulled over, uh, and no amount of Red Bull was helping at this point. I had done, no. like, three was of them, but the I, was, like, was still, I was still tired. So we pulled over because I needed to go to the bathroom. We had to fill the gas up anyway, um, and Carly was getting something, and I just stopped in the car, put it in the park, turned it off, and just... Wah, And then woke up two hours later, uh, and then continued on our way, and we made it all the way back home.
1: That's awesome. Wow.
0: Yep. Yep. All the way back home from Vegas to Victoria in under 24 hours. That is impressive. I have a
2: former co-worker, her her folks, um, they have a time, or they have their own place in Henderson, um, and um, they just decide when they want to come home. They have a place in where? Henderson. Where's where's Henderson? Henderson is like the suburbs of of Vegas, basically. Okay. Um, Mm. and, um, And they...
1: It's where all the staff live. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that. Fair enough. I Uh, doubted anybody else knew that. Unless, unless
2: CSI, you you know it basically. (laughs) I I just know it
1: because I believe that's also where the new uh, Wet and Wild is. Yes is in Henderson, and uh, sometimes it's actually faster to coming back from Hoover Dam or the Grand Canyon is to actually overshoot Vegas by a little bit into Henderson and sort Mm -hmm. of come back, and uh, it actually saves you time because you stay on the highway longer.
2: But uh, yeah, no, her da- her dad, when he when he wants to go back, he, he just drives back, and he his his he generally gets it under twenty hours.
0: Nice. Some of the um, pitfalls of traveling overnight. <laughs> uh, we went through a, a park, um, like, oh, a, nice. like a like the a like a, a state park or a national park or whatever, mm-hmm. right. wow. and uh, I almost hit a deer. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I That's a risky I, I did a, a swerve to avoid and managed to avoid it. Wow. Um, but yeah, I almost hit a deer. I did hit a rabbit. Um, but it wasn't my fault. The rabbit...
1: The money the, the came right for you? The rabbit came,
0: <laughs> hopping across the street, oh, it's and I swerved to avoid it, and had he not just kept hopping, he wouldn't have caught my back tire. Oh. Uh, so I hit it, and it went thump, and Carly got really upset. Well, yeah. Like, like... I'm a little crying, upset right now. Like, crying tears, upset... Uh, and it wasn't even at me. It was because the bunny no. was suicidal. Yeah, basically. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, clearly. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't know what the bunny
2: was thinking. I, I I caught a little bird once, and I was like in tears, pretty much. I had to pull over. I One time,
0: head. I thought I hit a bird too. Yeah. Uh, and then I stopped the car, and the bird flew away from underneath my hood. Oh. No, it was the freakiest thing ever. I definitely, I definitely did. Is I, I, for that? Carly, that sounds familiar. No, no, I don't think you were. But Carly was in the car for that, oh. and she goes, did "You just hit that bird," and I'm like, "Nope, it flew off. <laughs> it flew off." <laughs> And then we stopped, and the bird actually flew off. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, thank God. She goes, did you lie to me about that bird flight? Yes, I did. Did not want to upset you.
1: Sounds like you made the right choice, to be honest. Right? (laughs) Had the bird died, nobody would have been hurt. And the bird lived, so nobody's still hurt. Yeah. So, um... Hopefully we'll be recording another podcast again uh, in early February because we're going to be coming to Victoria for, it's the second annual John Con. Second annual John Con, Victoria's only invite-only
0: birthday uh, gaming convention because <laughs> uh, it's my birthday and I like having gaming uh, stuff at my at my place. Uh, and it's a whole weekend event mm-hmm. um, and this uh, we're expanding to include all kinds of fun events this year. Uh, there's going to be a media presence. Um, <laughs> there's gonna be a retro gaming area, hosted by
1: mm-hmm. Vacation Impossible. Yeah, uh, yeah. I gotta, I gotta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> note, <laughs> note to self: I have to get myself a Retron Five to to yeah. do that. Rather than lugging multiple World systems, business. I can just bring one. Yeah. Um, and we're just gonna have fun uh, playing games all weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. And we'll awesome. do a live recording of the Vacation Impossible podcast for. for you yeah. Later Saturday friends. evening, there's probably gonna be a scotch tasting, or just a scotch drinking is probably more what it's gonna be. <laughs>
1: What's going to end up being. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Um, so do you have any future travel plans on the books right now, John? On the books,
0: uh, we're going to be going to Las Vegas again in May for my stepdad's 60th birthday. Cool. Um, and then hopefully
1: end of the year we'll be doing the cruise to Hawaii with you guys. In September. In September. So that's definitely something we're looking at. Uh, it, we've, we've booked it. It's leaving out of Vancouver September 12th. Five days at sea on the Carnival Legend Spirit Class vessel. We've got ourselves a balcony on deck five, and, uh, and then there's one day at each of the five islands in Hawaii. And then we're, we haven't booked our flight back yet, so we'll probably have maybe a day or two uh, in Honolulu before we fly back. We also have booked Alaska. Did you yeah. want to tell the people about Alaska?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, we're leaving out of Alaska on the 30th of April and heading up, uh, up through Skagway, uh, Ketchikan, Juneau, all that stuff. And then coming back down to uh, Seattle, taking the train up. So that's going to be really, really awesome, especially because um, Glacier Bay is going to be one of our ports. And uh, it's going to be one of the last times that Carnival offers gl- Glacier Bay port stop. Um, I'm not really sure why. They haven't really explained why. But we have a meet and greet thing I think, uh, in the Alaska one. So maybe we'll be able to find out why at that point. Um, but uh, no, that's going to be really exciting because, um, you know, It'd be nice to see the glaciers before they're no longer glaciers, um, and it's um it's, we'll be pulling our kid out of school for that, but I think it's gonna be just such a formative experience for him and for all of us really. So I'm really I'm really stoked about that, and it'll be our first time sailing out of Vancouver, so that'll also be
0: really exciting. Hey, maybe there will be glaciers in the future. Mm-hmm. Just ask Trump. He's got the best glaciers. Yeah, yeah. No one has <laughs> Only better the best glaciers for America. <laughs> but who will pay for them? <laughs> Make glaciers great again? Uh, Alaska is <laughs> going to pay for them, and Russia. I know very well that Russia is going to pay for our glaciers. Oh, Russia's been paying for a lot of things lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I
1: wonder if Trump knows that Alaska is one of the states. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, two of the things that, that they list as sort of ports, they're not really ports, it's areas that you transit through on the ship, and so that's Glacier Bay and... And Tracy Arm Fjord so for those two it's just an area where this the ship sails through and I mean, we haven't done it so I can't speak with authority but apparently there's a lot of things to see I imagine they slow down uh, you know probably to a, a slow crawl that probably less than 10 knots and uh, there's a lot to see and so I think it's because Uh, because climate change is making the area around Glacier Bay ironically uh, too unpredictable and unstable, but this is the last year, but uh, we'll see about getting that confirmed. Mindy did mention uh, we signed up for, on Cruise Critic, the message board, you can sign up for a meet and mingle, and if at least 25 individuals sign up for that, then that triggers the event to be booked. Where Sam and I did that on the breeze for the first time. It was it was interesting. There was some like little um, snacks and drinks, nothing that you couldn't get on Lido, mind you, but they were your own and uh, for the group. And then you had basically uh, time. The group had one on one time with the cruise director and the manager of guest services. And I, maybe on the surface that doesn't sound that interesting, but it was fascinating. We were talking about, uh, we had a lot of time, Sam and I, with the guest services manager talking about all the various ships she's been on, why she likes one ship over another, uh, and again, the theory that smaller ships are sometimes more coveted because you don't have to run from one end to the other of a giant ship to solve a problem. Uh, is it, they, they do appreciate that, although the larger ships do get sort of the more coveted itineraries often. Yeah. Uh, so that was really interesting, and having some time to talk to uh, the cruise director. So um, I, hopefully the meet and mingle for both the Alaska and the Hawaii cruise happens, and we can see about maybe getting more information about mm-hmm. Glacier Bay, and just in general, because uh, it was really interesting. Like, we learned about the Vista, uh, Carnival's newest ship. They, um, all, all the cruise directors were hoping to get it. And mm-hmm. so it went to a guy named Matt, and I'm not familiar with him, but everyone was sort of cursing his name <laughs> uh, after he got it in in Envy. Um, And so he was going along, going along, and he hadn't taken any time off. And so, all the other cruise directors were starting to be like, you know, he has to have vacation time. When do we get the potential to do vacation coverage on the Vista, the first of her class? Right. And so, the funny thing is, is, uh, so you're we saying like, well, when do you guys find out? And they said, we follow John Heald on Facebook. When he posts on Facebook, that's how we get our schedules. That's crazy. So like, that was a really surprising thing that the cruise directors don't get told directly their schedules. They have to check online on Facebook, like the rest of us chumps. <laughs> and so, uh, we'll continue trying to attend those meet and mingles because they're really Really nice and they give us that interesting insight that i don't think you would get otherwise and then we'll try to bring it back to you in the podcast and on youtube
2: um i did see um i think it was like last year or so there was this cruise there's a video of a cruise that was going passing through um i guess the inside passage or something like that or through glacier bay and one of the glaciers had started calving um so that's when like a huge chunk of the glacier will just, just slide off um and so and it was a really it was a really cool thing to watch and it was really uh and uh, I kind of, you know, part of me was like, oh, I hope I get a chance to see that. But at the same time, it's really unpredictable because it kind of creates all this, you know, turbulence in the water and whatnot. And so you saw this, you know, huge rush of water that kind of came their way. And they're just like, oh, maybe we should move. And I'll so, pay extra for that. Uh, <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. I mean, so it's, 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 it's kind of, a, I'm of two minds. Like, on the one hand, it like, would well, be really ex- interesting to watch. I mean, they do naturally, regardless of, of, of climate change. correct me if I'm wrong climatologists um they do calve naturally they kind of have to um but at the same time they're calving more frequently and in much larger chunks um and that's the part that's concerned um and And unpredictably I think and and unpredictably yeah um and so it would be really interesting and neat and very very unique to see I've been using that word a lot um to see that um and um yeah but but at the same time it would kind of make me a little bit sad because it it probably shouldn't be doing that right now.
1: A step, potentially a step in the wrong direction, yeah. yeah. And so for the, the Alaska and Hawaii trip, we have a balcony for Hawaii, but for Alaska, yeah. I didn't want to freeze any part of my anatomy off. Uh, oh, and I, I, I don't know how cold it's going to get, and so we're going to go find out for the first time. So we were just getting an ocean view. I also imagine we won't be doing any swimming on a cruise <laughs> to Alaska, so uh, we'll probably be basically using the GoPro exclusively for time-lapse photos out the window. Uh, mm-hmm. so hopefully we can get you some some good time lapse image for future YouTube Are videos. The pool's not heated? They could be, but if it's if it's just the pool on the ship, the, the we've filmed quite a bit of that and so the GoPro wouldn't really likely capture anything too what, new what or interesting. The yeah, and that's the thing, we've, we've done that sort of before, so it's not yeah. like, we won't be swimming on excursions, we might swim on the ship a little bit if it's heated, yeah. but we're not going to be taking it on excursions like, you know, when I was doing the uh, the, the, the extreme, uh, what was it, the wipeout in Cozumel, yeah, where exactly. I was bouncing off of the inflatable, none of that kind of no, business. No polar swims for us. That's that's Burton's domain, that's, that if that Burton wants to Burton's come thing. and do this, we'd be happy to have him, That'd be awesome but to have him. I don't think our schedules are going to line up this year with Burton, unfortunately, That'd but happen. we're going to keep trying to get him back on the show. So, um, so John, uh, the, the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast recently sort of concluded its run. We're just kind yeah. of curious, what was, what was that whole experience like for you, uh, being on that program? From start to end, mostly fantastic. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I really enjoyed being on, on a podcast. Uh, I love sci-fi movies, so uh, talking about sci-fi movies was kind of in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly got annoyed after a while with uh, mm-hmm. me watching uh, you know, a certain sci-fi movie every week. Uh, and forcing her to watch it as well, um, and then you weren't her going go. alone. And then, <laughs> that's it's, right; it's dangerous it's, to go alone, especially with some of the bad movies. Like we had some bad movies that we watched and reviewed, uh, and then, like there's no way I'm watching uh, any bad movies alone. God, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> well, I guess making fun of them is part of the fun, like Mr. Peter three thousand. exactly. And, like we watched Armageddon,
1: and Carly she likes Armageddon, and I think it's a disastrous, terrible movie. I enjoy it. A lot. Um, it's campy and fun for that. It's like. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, where's my car? I'm not expecting it to be scientifically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but I still uh, have fun watching it. <laughs> the, other thing, the other thing she hated was having to be quiet for a couple hours
0: once a week. It uh, drove, her, drove her crazy. Um, but that's okay. She supported it. And, uh, and now we just kind of finished. Um, Rem, the, the show host and the, and the producer and editor and... Generally, uh, co-host Wrangler. And, um, and, 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 and. Not,
1: not jack-of-all-trades,
0: master-of-all-trades, all trades. it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was just getting tired and, and bored with it and was just like, uh, I think we're just going to stop it. And I'm like, it's your show, so Sure.
1: Yeah, yeah leave, them, leave them wanting more. Yeah. Well, we, we'd be happy to have you on as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're hoping for, on our podcast, to have a more Canadian perspective and focus. So trips out to Victoria, probably more frequent. I'm Canadian, too. And that, that, helps. No, out. Right. that helps. This works out. works out. I'm a Yank, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> but my adopted homeland, uh, yeah, because... Hey, wait a second. you you're If you're born
0: in the States, yes. that means you're a natural-born American, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So you could run in four years. <laughs> That's what you're... he's old enough he has to be 35. <laughs> I don't own property you have to own property
1: I oh, think I'll fix that. <laughs> you want to buy me property? Could, uh, <laughs> how much property do you need? I don't uh I don't know the specifications. And
0: it doesn't have to it can be anywhere, right? It has to be land. It can't be an apartment. I can think. I can probably get an acre in the middle of Kansas somewhere. Oh, Detroit. For, <laughs> I was going to say for, for 50 bucks. I mean, I have <laughs> no, but you then do...
2: you can use that as you're revitalizing Detroit, look at me buying property here uh, and helping uh,
0: you yes. <laughs> Yeah, you could revitalize Detroit by buying it for 50, for, for 150
1: bucks. <laughs> and then you'll own property. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a wow okay draft, d- d- draft raid campaign and what was your, your degree again political, political science, science. <laughs> with a minor in economics yes <laughs> <laughs> hadn't, hadn't quite considered only that. the best <laughs> canadians become president <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, hey,
1: let us know what you think about that. <laughs> um, but uh, since since we do have you here uh, from uh, your your recent experience with the sci fi movie podcast, could we could we get a little a little mini uh, sci fi movie review of Rogue One? Oh, what, uh, initial yeah. thoughts. Nothing too
0: in depth. Okay, because um, I'm going to try to make this as spoiler free as possible, um, which is difficult. So I'm doing my best here um i thought that the, the movie a whole i liked mm-hmm. i mean, take it in as a whole i liked uh the questions i had going in because i kept myself away from a lot of media coverage away from a lot of any you know behind the scenes stuff or anything like that because uh, i like to go into a movie and be surprised by what i see i don't want to mm-hmm. see everything in the trailers absolutely um i, I initially thought um who are these people mm-hmm. why do i care about them and do yeah. i need to keep caring about them are they going to be significant um In later movies. And uh, this movie definitely gives you a definitive answer uh, to that. Um, And I'm not going to spoil what the answer is. Uh, I thought the movie was a little slow uh, to start. Uh, And as the movie progressed, uh, and the action started coming in, and it started building up and building up, it got very exciting. Uh, The last hour, last half hour, very, very exciting. The last ten minutes. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) And it made me want to watch episode four again yeah like immediately like yeah. I, have to, I have to go home and i have to pick the story up yeah, yeah. Uh, so i yeah approved uh, double double approved um i saw it twice so definitely double it was approved. it was good it was very good and now i'm excited for well i was always excited for uh episode eight. Oh Thomas. yes yeah, of course yeah. um but now now we'll see what happens with uh carrie fisher's recent passing well, I believe they had filmed all principal photography for 8. Yes, but the the problem is, is that she had an expanded role for episode 8 that would have led to a more expanded role in episode 9. Mm. Mm. So they're having to rewrite parts of that story. Oh, okay. One would imagine. To backtrack that. Yeah. Wow.
2: What do you think about the idea of um, Millie, Bobby, Millie Bobby Brown being uh, potentially tagged to play a young Leia? Who? Uh, she's 11 from Stranger Things.
0: Oh, that girl? Yeah. Uh, whoever they can get to... What would she what would she play it as in?
2: Uh, well, they, I guess they're talking about how for potentially in episode nine or something like that they're gonna have like young Oh, uh, oh like a have, flashback yeah, type thing? That. And so they're um, Oh,
0: she does a good job. And she was alright in, in uh Stranger things. things. Yeah. So
2: Well they I guess they took some some side by side photos of Millie Bobby Brown and, and Carrie Fisher as she was younger. Um and you can see like there was a, some that. striking resemblance. yeah yeah, and so and and I think just she's just such a, a phenomenal actress. I think. Then I did. approve. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know how challenging Stranger Things was for. Her. I mean, how many lines did she have? Yeah, but she had
2: to. Three. She had to do a lot of showing not telling, and that's that's really
1: difficult. I haven't watched this program, but. Um... Having less dialogue and having to do more with less is actually a greater challenge to yeah. an actor. I mean, just look at Nimoy as Spock when he would do so much without saying a thing yeah. with such a small part of his face. A you know, and that takes like, a lot of talent. Well, we
2: talk about like Dule Hill from um, uh, West Wing, yeah. and like he says so much right here in the furrow of his brow. Like that's and that's where he does all his I acting mean, yeah. is is right there. Um, so um, no, I think I think. Um, I mean, all those kids, I think, were fantastic. I mean, I'd love to see them in anything. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, the idea of, of them actually having, like, a young Leia and young Luke um, and stuff like that. And, and Well,
0: like I would say, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, when I heard that um, Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, uh, I was like, Oh, God, no, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, until I saw it, and yeah. it was it was amazing. So ever since then, uh, every time they announce somebody or, uh, like, they announced Ben Affleck is going to be Batman, Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, God. And I'm like, well, just give it a chance. Yeah, you got to keep you know, an open mind. Keep an open mind. Wait till you see it. And who knows? I like Ben Affleck as Batman. I was totally good with it. He's and okay. I'm, and I'm a huge comic fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he built himself up. He was huge. Yeah. He was massive yeah, for that movie. True. Yeah, I heard he put on like uh, as, 60 pounds. As Batman mask. should be. Yeah. He should be a huge hulking man. So uh, I thought he did good, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Mindy, what did you think of Rogue One?
2: I, yeah, pretty much the same as John. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Uh, the, the characters that they introduced were really uh, characters you kind of really get into and really be like, yeah, I want to know more about these guys and these girls and these droids. <laughs> and and they're all just, and yeah, I, I don't think there was really any major missteps. I mean, I'm not as, I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I enjoy Star Wars. I wa- like watching it when the new movie, when the new movies came out, you know, we watched them right away. Um uh, but I, I came out of it corner, wow oh, it was awesome. Um and you know, our son had the same reaction and, and we all I mean, I basically wanted to just turn around and we'll go watch it again. Um, it was it was great. Um they had some they had some pretty hilarious characters, they had some really um, really dark characters they had I really liked how they really because um, obviously the overlying theme was war and it was kind of hey, you know what sometimes you know even if you're the good guy, you know you got to do some things that you don't want to do that you shouldn't you know that you wouldn't in ordinary circumstances do to get you know, to accomplish the greater good. So that was uh, I, I like that a lot
1: yeah I liked Rogue One quite a bit I found that out of the, the new characters that were introduced about half of them I gravitated towards and genuinely had mm-hmm. affection and caring for and the other half I had trouble remembering their names mm-hmm. so for in terms of character association um, 50-50 for me but the movie was fantastic uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot and um, I just want to throw the spoiler switch and I want to talk about one thing that is a spoiler so this is going to be our last topic of the podcast if you haven't seen Rogue One, stop now but there's one thing that i want to i want to bring up particularly with john here and that is the appearance of grand moff tarkin peter cushing in okay. cgi um before i get into it, i'm curious john what were your thoughts about that because it shocked the hell out of me I'm, I'm good i'm good you brought that up because uh
0: the, the grand appearance of um, grand moff tarkin and princess leia as cgi i don't know how pe- familiar people are with the uncanny valley um, which is uh, as humans we have a certain comfort level with things mm-hmm. right so generally the more animated something is uh, the more comfortable we are with it and as it approaches a more realistic look we get more and more comfortable but there's a part where that drops off mm-hmm. where it gets looking s- human enough but not just quite there that we become very uncomfortable with it Interesting. And it's called the Uncanny Valley, and that comfort level drops down, and then as it becomes even more and more real, it picks back up again. And I think that Grand Moff Tarkin looked great until he spoke. I would concur, and and the whole mouth thing with Princess Leia, and the whole—they haven't quite got the mouth movement thing down yet. Uh, but I think it's in the Uncanny Valley, but it's on the far side of the Uncanny Valley, so it's making its way out. And I think within another ten years, it's going to be clear out of it, and I think people are going to be comfortable with it.
1: Yeah, I thought Leia was fine, I think partly because it felt really like a cameo and Mm -hmm. an homage and Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And also the actress at the time was still alive to give consent. For Tarkin, I still don't know how I feel. I'm torn. For one thing, it shocked the hell out of me with Peter Cushing appearing in CGI that it took me right out of the movie. Instantly I was asking myself questions. How did they do this? Who did they get consent from? Are these voice clips from things he's recorded over the years or is it a synthesizer? They They had a voice actor. Yeah, and, and, voice after and, and I found that out afterwards, yeah. but in the movie, it took me right out of the movie, because now I was full of all of these questions. It had nothing to do with the story and all about the mechanics of making the film. True, so, uh, but I will say this, that if he
0: wasn't there, people would wonder why he wasn't there. That could at be least, fair, at, he could have least, been mentioned. At least fans would be like, he's the commander of the, the station, Yeah, where, where is he? Why isn't he there? That's he a good should point. should be there. See,
2: yeah. I wasn't a big enough fan, I'm not a big enough fan of the series that I, I even noticed. Um, And so I had no clue that this guy was like 100% CGI. Like none whatsoever, 100%. I didn't know. You couldn't tell with the mouth? No. I legit could not tell until Ray pointed it out after the fact. I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. Um, because she I clearly know,
1: didn't notice me that's flailing, flailing like, about when I, I saw know, Peter I saw, Cushing. No,
2: well, I, I saw you flail. And I was like, what was wrong? Like, that, like, <laughs> what I are I, I, doing? I, had, like, I mean, I saw you. I saw you react. I was like, okay, that's strange. Um, but I didn't. Um, I saw a ghost. Yeah, but I mean, for me, not knowing at all that this character was one hundred was done up one hundred percent CGI, I did not know it all. And I don't even know quite honestly if I went if we went back and rewatched it that I would still notice it. I don't because for me it basically passed t- pass a test for me. Right? Um, it's almost like this. It sounds, it sounds, it sounds like the uncanny Kenny Valley sounds vaguely as mafian, um, and uh, so for me it kind of it, it passed the AI test. Years
0: out of the uncanny
1: Valley, you were completely comfortable with it. Yeah.
2: No. Like I didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have. Like even even knowing now, I'm just like I still don't see it.
1: Like, well, and I think for me, like some of the early questions before he spoke, I was like, is this CG? Did they find an amazing lookalike combing? Like, did they just comb through seven billion people on the planet and find a perfect <laughs> Peter Cushing lookalike? Like, how did they do this? Uh, and so I think that this actually raises a broader question about movie making, acting, <laughs> technology, humanity, the Turing test, all that stuff, because. Um, Had you had Peter Cushing alive and performing this, the actor makes certain choices. How do I play a moment? How do I say a line? What word in a sentence do I emphasize? These are, I think, sometimes the core. I mean, I'd love to hear what somebody like Will Wheaton thinks about that, because uh, I think he gives a lot of thought to that sort of thing. So what decisions would he have made differently? Uh, We'll never know, obviously. And the other question is, is is it getting to a point where we can simulate not just deceased actors, but perhaps... I mean that's a legal question, actors who don't want to be involved or are unavailable for other reasons. I think it gets an interesting moral, ethical, and economic question when like how do those how would the royalties work? It's a he never signed a contract to do this film. Now they did go to the estate for permission to use his likeness, and kudos to Disney and Lucasfilm for doing that. But it's just I it's I don't have an answer. I just want to raise that question of what what does this mean? Because also then, are we how far away are we from completely computer generated, but human passing, looking and passing as actual humans? Uh, you know, like I, I'm not I'm not saying the sky's falling and that acting is going to be you know replaced by computers. I don't think that. But uh, where is this going? And and to what degree could this be used? Once you say 10 years, it'll get out of the valley. What happens then?
2: I think we're I think we're a really long way away. I, mean, I think we all, we will eventually get to that point where it's it's actors will become obsolete for lack of a better word because we're able to do this. But I think we're really 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 long way away from that. Where I'm like I'm talking like hundred some plus years.
1: Oh wow. Um, okay. Like
2: I think because I think there's just still enough demand um, for um, for you know that art that I don't think anyone wants. To, I don't think anyone will ever actually want to completely get rid of that art. I think and but I think after time because eventually it will become more economically and smart to do it that way but i think but just as you know with moore's law it'll i mean the, the technology will make it easier and easier and faster and faster right now it's i don't think it makes any economic sense whatsoever i think there's just far more people involved in the making and the rendering and all that sort of stuff of that that actor that it would probably be cheaper in the long run to hire the actor or hire a, you know a sub or something like that you know instead right. so of like um, three
1: special effects houses plus, with yeah, dozens exactly. of staff each just creating a single body it, that exactly. could be an actual body I mean
2: I, but yeah I think eventually we will get that way but I think it'll be mm-hmm. such it'll be so, it's so long down the road that we'll have time to kind of work out the ethics and the morality of all that sort of stuff
0: I disagree uh, and I think there's there's two sides of the coin here. there's one side where you have completely uh, CGI characters that people are voicing and that is isn't acting that's animation yes right so have to, to we have to we have to stop thinking of that as, as acting it's not it's animation mm-hmm. so it's voicing two is the uh, people who do the motion capture they have all the dots of the face, and they just digitally put on, say, a monkey face uh, with that. Yeah, we're all uh, thinking King and, Kong right now, And yeah. that's... Uh, <laughs> the I
2: was thinking Planet of the Apes. I was thinking Liam Neeson right now in The Monster, Order that's yeah. the Monster in the Hills.
0: Uh, that was way off. And that—that <laughs> that is acting, and I think that's where uh, you have the things where actors make choices and things like that. That's what that comes into it, and I don't think that is going to be lost even with the advancing technology they're going to make them look differently we'll call it uh, digital makeup and they'll start having categories for like best digital makeup and they'll have we're already you know, slowly getting um, there yeah that's interesting instead of just best visual effects they'll be like best digital makeup and best um, we have you best, know, digital best digital, hair. digital <laughs> best digital set design uh, they'll have best, best digital yeah, costume or, like best best actor in a, in a motion capture role or something like that Ooh, yeah. oh yeah um, that's interesting so it, that's it, opens, it opens up a whole broad uh, new categories for things like awards
1: and to be um, appreciated yeah, yeah and I, but I don't think uh, live action is ever uh, going to be going to be lost well and I mean uh, getting back to Star Wars they have been transitioning back to more practical effects and I mm-hmm. think the quality and the effort shows yeah it does I, def- I definitely prefer more the
2: practical effects for sure than the it, digital effects it, show- it shows it shows a love of the craft really honestly that, and it shows respect for the audience that uh, was lost for, for about a decade or so Um, that I think we're slowly starting to get back again.
1: Well, I think it's not just that it looks real, but it gives the actors real things to play against. And so that that enhances the performance because they're able to... I mean, mean, some actors are fantastic. To to be fair, though if they're acting, they should be able to act like they're in front of something. That's true. Right? I mean you have to, you, I mean even if you're doing porn, you have to pretend that there's not eighty cameras on exactly, you in the moment, exactly. I would assume. Like well, you I mean, have to act
0: like it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex coming at you instead of a instead of a tennis ball. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and
2: that's really cool though. I mean it's just like if you sit there and you like with with those digital effects and you know that they're acting to a tennis ball, but really they're it's you know what you're seeing is them talking to a little kid and stuff like that and as if it's their own child and it's like how, like how are you and like they're just so emotional, they're so overwrought and overcome and this that and the other thing and you're just like wow like that's you're talking to a tennis ball like I know this a l- lot like practically yeah. but it's they you even well, they, even though
1: you know Spock's not in space. Even exactly. even
2: There's beyond same, that but, yeah. even
0: beyond that you take Star Trek two as the example <clears throat> uh Kirk and Khan never played off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk is talking to a blank screen, Ricardo Montebon's talking to a blank screen. That's true. And all that acting is just them.
1: Yeah. But I would like to point out, uh, as a counterpoint to that, yeah. on the show 24, where Kiefer Sutherland was not only the primary actor, he served as the executive producer, he mandated that whenever there was a phone call, that the actor on the other side of that call come to the shoot for the other person and do those lines, deliver them to that actor, so that it could be as sincere and real as possible. And so, while well, I understand that that is a talent, Let's, if we assume that the human brain is like a computer and there's so much processing space, if you're using 40% of that processing to pretend that the tennis ball is a dinosaur, what else could you be thinking of in that moment? Uh, you know, And maybe when be more in the moment. Uh, maybe it would only make it easier for the actor. Maybe it would free up some of that processing space. I honestly don't know. It's probably different for every person. Mm-hmm. But that's and that's, what, and that's why about. we have directors. That's true. Not well, it's like, you know, uh, different directors uh, directing the same actor in the same role, you get very different results. William Shatner, I think it was Nick Meyer who famously said that you had to tire him out. You had to do 35 takes before he'd stop overacting because he was exhausted and you'd finally get a human moment out of him. And so I find that, you know, Star Trek 2, 6, 4, where, the, where I think the directors, you know, including Nimoy, kind of understood that better. Whereas, you know, you, you go to some other films, uh, I'm thinking like 1 and 5, yeah. uh, and it's not quite as real yeah okay, cool. so anyways uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us john mm-hmm. and uh, thank you guys for for tuning in hopefully we can have john as a regular guest and remember to uh, check us out we are vacation impossible on youtube we finally hit the subscriber threshold where we could change our address so it's now youtube.com for slash vacation impossible that is the new link the old one still works you can find us on twitter at vacay impossible we're on Instagram and Flickr and almost everywhere else you can think of uh, as Vacation Impossible. You can email us at team at vacationimpossible.ca vacationimpossible.ca is our website um, and yes, thank you for listening. We will be back in early February from John Con. See you at John Con.
2: <laughs>